Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Nature's Archive Podcast. So today, I'm going to give you a quick update about the podcast, and more importantly, I'm going to tell you about a fun global nature project coming up October 2nd to October 10th. First, about the podcast. So over the last few weeks, I did a mini-experiment. I attempted to release an episode every week. I'd long dreamed to be able to produce an episode every week like this, but with my day job and family commitments, even releasing an episode every two weeks has been challenging at times. But by forcing myself into a weekly release cadence, I did discover some process improvements and other optimizations. However, I did realize that it really isn't sustainable, so I'm going to go back to my standard two-week release cadence. This is one of the great things about the podcast medium. It's so easy to experiment, to try different things, and I thank you for sticking with me through all of this. So now for the main topic for today. Dr. Marav Vonchak is a former guest on the podcast from episode 7 almost a year ago. Marav is an ecologist, naturalist, and citizen science organizer located in the San Francisco Bay Area. She volunteers as a curator on iNaturalist and has an astounding 42,800 observations on iNaturalist. She has also led an important project that documents and raises awareness about the tragically high roadkill mortality of Pacific newts along Lexington Reservoir in the San Francisco Bay Area. Marav is one of those people who has many fascinating projects and nature observations. But today, we're going to focus on her latest idea, Gall Week 2021. The idea is to get everyone, regardless of their knowledge of galls, to get out and observe these fascinating creatures. If you aren't sure what a plant gall is, I can point you back just two episodes ago to my interview with Adam Krantz. But to give you a short answer here right now, these are beautiful and sometimes bizarre growths on plant tissues induced by another organism, such as a wasp, midge, or many others. They often develop vivid colors, evocative shapes, and all have fascinating natural histories. These growths occur specifically to support the life cycle of the inducer and are often induced in amazingly precise ways. So today, Mirav tells us all about her project, Gall Week 2021, how you can participate, and she has a bunch of tips and tricks for documenting your observations. So without further delay, Dr. Mirav Vonshak on Gall Week 2021. Marav, welcome back. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm so glad to be back here. So I was looking back at the history of this podcast, and you were a guest way back in episode seven, almost a year ago. And it was really funny for me to revisit that episode, because at the time we talked, I'd never actually even participated in a bio blitz at that point. And, and here we are a year later, and you and I have been out on a number of bio blitzes, and it's been great fun. Yeah, I, I was quite amazed to find out that when we did the first interview, I didn't actually know you. And now we've done so many bioblitzes and other things together. So yeah, this is awesome. And the reason why I wanted you back was, I guess, last week or a week and a half ago, not very long ago, you posted an idea on iNaturalist that really took off. And it was to have a gall week to encourage people to get out and look for galls. And I wanted to talk about it with you and see what your plans are and what your expectations are, how people can participate. Why don't we just start off and say, what is Gall Week? Gall Week is a new event that we're going to have on the first week of October to go out and look for galls and document them using iNaturalist. And I created a project for that, so we can share that at the end. But the whole idea is to just go out and document these underrepresented structures basically but a specific organisms like insects and mites and sometimes specific fungus species 
they can make the plan, change its plans, and grow a little structure where these organisms can grow and feed on the plant. And often these structures are really beautiful and interesting. So they could be very colorful. They could look like a little pink starfish, like the ones we have here on the oaks in California. They are very diverse. There are many different species of wasps and aphids and uh, many other organisms that create these uh, structures. And they're highly specific for that insect and the plant. And they can only create that on very few different plants, closely related plants, sometimes just one species. And I'm assuming that listeners of the podcast are a little bit familiar with galls. And if not, that's a great overview. But there's also an episode just a couple episodes ago with Adam Krantz, where he got in uh, very deeply in how galls form and where to look for them and lots of good tips there as well. And yeah, they're just fascinating things to find. And I think one of the things that makes them so attractive is the fact that they do grow in these really interesting colors and shapes and sizes and and they can just cover some plants and other times they're very cryptic and and hard to find and require careful observation so you get it all with galls so a lot of naturalists are interested in galls or at least aware of galls to my knowledge there's never really been a focused effort like this and i think in following your journal Initially, you were thinking more like a Bay Area or a California sort of event, but it just ballooned through word of mouth. So how did you come up with this idea? How has it grown so fast? So I have been thinking about it for a while, that it could be really fun to do something like that. Because we have the California coast, I think it's actually not a week, but it's a few months that we have this huge project all over California coast that different projects that look at a specific time. There are all sorts of these global events where people focus on one thing. And I thought, why not have Gull Week? Because I'm really interested in it and some of my friends are. And probably there are other people. But I think most people don't even know that they exist. So most people, even here in the Bay Area, we have this beautiful diversity of gulls. Most people don't know they exist other than the big apples that we have on the oaks. But anyway, I thought... It would be really fun to expose more people to this idea, to look closely at oaks and many other plants as well and document them because many people that would look birds and plants and fewer people looking at insects and especially things like leaf miners and gulls and other creatures that are highly diverse, but we just don't know enough about them. And there's so many undescribed species of uh, gull inducers, for example. So having an event like that is not just fun, but we can discover new species. We could add so much more information on this whole area of research that is not well known. So I thought it would be fun. And I know Quite a few people in this area, like locally, that are interested in goals. I created this journal post on my iNaturalist account and just started tagging people and asking them if they'd be interested to participate. And within a few hours, there were so many people on that thread commenting from... It started with people that I know, but very quickly, they started tagging people from all over the place, from Southern California, from other states... And it just started growing and growing. And it was really fascinating to watch that, both the comments on that page and then people joining the project that I created. And people seemed really happy to, you know, have something like that and to be part of it. And I really hope I didn't insult anyone because 
there are so many people that know much more than I do about goals that have been studying them or doing outreach events or doing different things for a long time. And I just decided, okay, let's just go with it. But I'm thinking we could do it this way this year. And then maybe next year we could plan something together and it could look different than where it was this year. Because one of the things we saw on that thread was that for us, the first week of October is a fantastic time to go out looking for late summer or fall goals. There's great diversity right now. And it's good timing, but from people on northern states, then they're like, oh, this is like too late for us. The goals are already gone by then. So maybe we'll have to think about better timing, but I'm not sure there'll be better timing that would fit everyone's schedule. So I just thought, let's just try and see how this works out. And yeah, and so many people were excited. So it was, it was fun. Yeah, I think you're right. Like sometimes just the bias to act and try something and then take an approach of continual improvement. So next year we can take the feedback and and be better. I think that's a, a great approach. And yeah, the window was closing for this year. So I think that was the other thing. You had the idea and it's, we're, we're going to run out of time here pretty soon. And, and I guess I was thinking about what you're saying about people in northern latitudes where it's maybe not the best time of year. But I suspect, I'm not an expert, but I suspect that all is not lost because there are stem galls that maybe are going to be more visible or more, more noticeable. And when leaves fall, you do have some of those integrated galls that stay on the leaves and you can actually maybe observe them even more closely just by looking at the leaf litter on the ground. So there's still some opportunities. It just may not be the best time of the year. Yeah, I completely agree. So often it's actually easier to see some of these galls on the leaves on the ground because some of the galls are very high up on the tree, like on cottonwoods. It's difficult to actually find the galls on the trees. I think they're very high up and it's sometimes easier to find them on the ground. That's actually something I've been meaning to ask the for a long time, somebody who would be in the know. But for example, there are certain bird species who like flycatchers. Some flycatchers prefer to be higher up in a tree. Others prefer to be lower in the tree. Have you noticed any of those patterns with certain gall species? Are there certain gall-inducing insects that you just never find in the understory, but they're more like on the higher portions of the tree? So I think some gall-inducers organisms do have preference to one side of the tree or being higher up on the tree or very low branches. But I'm not sure. I've never actually checked that. There's so many unknowns here, which I think is fabulous. So many more things to explore. So specifically for the project, who can participate in this and how does one participate? Great question. So anyone can participate. And this is part of the whole idea is to just expose more people to this these organisms, because I think they're just fascinating. And most people don't know that they exist. So I would like, I think some of the people that would participate, this is their thing, right? They love going out looking for goals, and they know everything. They know how to do it and how to make their observations. And for other people, this might be completely new. So they've never actually noticed them before and they don't really know how to get started. So I would love to get all these people joining the project and and joining Goal Week and enjoying it. And the way to do it is simply to go out and I would try and focus on some host plants. So depending on where you live, there are a few great books. So for for example, where we live, there's a a beautiful book that just came out for the goals of the Western um, United States by Ron Russo. And There's also a 
earlier edition of that book. So you could use a book like that because it goes by host plant. So you could basically open the book. Let's say you're standing in front of an oak or a rose or any other plant, and you could check if that's on the book. I would do that in advance and then look for these specific host plants. And when you look in the book or in your website or in other resources, then you could see what these goals look like and that would make it easier to find them. So yeah, I would look for a host plant. Just a quick interjection. Rob and I thought it'd be helpful to point out some species of plants that have the most diversity of number of galls and maybe are some of the best plants to look for. If you're in California or the Southwest, oaks, willows, coyote brush are great. If you're east of the Rocky Mountains, you can also look at oaks. In fact, much of the world oaks are great, but goldenrod, hackberry, even hickory can be good. Of course, there are many more plants that have galls, so just get out and look. Uh, and then try and search the leaves or the stems for different goals and document them. So the way we document them is we basically take photos of the goal itself. I would take like a close-up photo showing the structure. And sometimes these are beautiful structures, could be very colorful, or they could be tiny and green and really well hidden. You could start with the more obvious ones. These are really fun. Uh, so take a photo of the goal itself and then maybe take another photo uh, of the goal, but showing more of the plant because the host plant here is the key. Sometimes if you don't know the goal inducer, like which kind of wasp it is or other organism, if you know the host plant, that could be the key to identifying the goal. And it also goes that way around. If you know your goals very well, that will help you identify the host plant, which is really fun. So for me as an entomologist, it was a really good way to learn my oaks and other host plants. Just by learning the goals, I finally got the difference between different oak species. Documenting the host species is really important. And you could do that as part of the gall observation. So again, take a photo of the gall and then a photo of the gall on the leaf showing a little bit of the plant. And then it's important to write down, this was on valley oak or this was on rose, a different plant. If you don't know the plant and you're a beginner, don't worry about it. You know, write as much as you know, which could be a plant or could be willow. If you know the species, great. If you don't, just say it's it was on that plant and you can link that to an observation of the plant. So we really need to know which plant it was, even if you don't know. Someone else might know and identify. And you could link that on iNaturalist. So if we walk through the observer's journey as to how they submit an observation, so obviously, like you, you can choose to do some pre-research, like you said, look at the book, find some host plants, maybe look at iNaturalist, do some queries and see what others have seen, and that might help identify where to go look. Then you get out there and you finally find a gall, or maybe immediately, but some places it's super easy, and, and you take your photos, and to your point, you want to see the plant and the gall. And one thing, one tip that I want to add in this sort of observer's journey is I've, I have a lot of years of experience with photography and I sometimes get overconfident in my pictures and I'll take, I'll just take a couple pictures and I'll get home and I'll realize, oh, you know what? That one was way out of focus and it was a missed opportunity. So I would suggest you take a few pictures of each angle. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Take plenty of photos. Yeah. And if you are going to look for plenty of goals, then I would suggest to take a photo of the host plant. As soon, let's say you're walking to an oak. 
take a photo of that oak and then take a photo of each of the goals on it. And then once you walk to a different uh, host plant, take a photo of that host plant so you can separate the different goals. Because you'll see at first it makes sense like, oh, I know where I took this one and that one. But when you get home and you have tons of photos, it would be really helpful if you know exactly on which each one of your observations was taken because it will get very confusing at some point. That's a great workflow suggestion. And I've fallen into that trap myself many times where it's, oh, yeah, I'll remember what plant this was attached to. But yeah, if you actually go through that process, and I think it fits with, with what you were saying, too, of when you actually submit an observation for the host plant too, if you can. So then that way it's forcing you into that workflow. It's forcing you to take a picture of the plant, take a picture of the leaf and then get the gall and then get the gall in context with the plant. And and you're pretty well covered at that point. Yeah, exactly. Because the plant is such an important part of this interaction, right? Between the gall inducer and the plant. So you have to have that there. But I don't want to intimidate on any of the new people. If you're new to this, shouldn't be intimidating. Even if you don't know what the plant is, you know, you post that as another observation and someone might know it. Um, especially if they know the goals, they'll, they might know the host and it goes both ways. And even if we don't identify, we won't be able to identify everything. I can identify in my area and other people might be able to identify others in a different area. But there's so many undescribed species, there's so many unknowns. And that's fine. That's part of the idea to just document more. And with time, hopefully we'll get some of these other observations identified as well. But it's totally fine if we don't know what it is. And part of the idea of creating the project this way is that we can include any unknowns. It's not just for a specific group of organisms. It's for insects or arthropods. If you don't know who induced that goal, you could just leave it as arthropods. Because we have mites and insects that induce most of the galls. So yeah. that's another way to go. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think one of the things that intimidated me when I first started with iNaturalist is I would see fields like host plant ID. And I just assumed it had to be to species level. But you're absolutely right. You can just say plant or you can say oak or to whatever level that you are comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. And just want to add something. In the project, the Go Week. 2021 project you will have to add your observations manually that's the way the project is set so that for every observation you want to add to the project you'll have to choose that project on the list of projects so basically you need to join the project and you will have a link for that and then for every observation you need to add that manually to the project which takes two seconds and when you do that it would ask you for to fill a few fields so if you know the host plant, you could add that. If you want to link that to the host plant observation, you could link that. And you could either do that from your phone, most of these things, or you could do it from your computer if you want to upload in bulk, like many observations at the same time. So that's sometimes easier. Back to the observer's journey. If you have the opportunity, it can also be helpful to, if it's a leaf gall, for example, to get the other side of the leaf too, so you can see if the gall is like protruding through and how how it's attached. Yeah, thank you. That's very important. You've gotten your photos. Now it's time to upload them to iNaturalist. As you said, you have to join the project and there will be a link in the show notes. And then when you submit your observation, you attach the project to that observation. And at that point, then you will get prompted to fill out these additional fields. 
what happens if you don't have the time to go through and link to your plant observation or whatever? Does it still let you submit your observation? Yeah. So I set it up that it's not required. It's just an option. Just to make it easier, I think it's easy when it just pops up and it asks you, you know, to add the host plant. But you don't have to do it because I want you to upload your observations even if you don't know anything. It's better to have that, but you don't have to. And you can always add that later. You can always go back and add the observation to the project or just add the fields later on. Or you can add notes. But even in the field, if you are like uploading in the field, I would just add a little note on Oak, on Valley Oak, mm. as much as you know. Yeah, perfect. And that fits. It's right in line with your goal of just getting people out and observing yeah, so this isn't meant to be a completely scientifically rigorous sort of approach. Just get out there and see what you find and see where it leads. And and I'm hoping to get both, by the way. I'm hoping to get, as I mentioned, to get uh, professionals, like people that have done this for a long time and people that just don't know much but want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And I think both groups could find really exciting things. I'm sure we'll find new species, which... It's really exciting. You have the project in iNaturalist that we'll include the link to. Do you have any other suggested resources or where can people go to find out more? Okay. So as I mentioned, there are tons of resources out there. Even though they're not highly studied, there are some really good resources uh, out there. We will create a journal post in the iNaturalist project. So when you go to the project, you'll be able to find some suggested resources that you could use websites, books, great iNaturalist projects. I haven't mentioned that many states and many regions have a gold project for that area. And that's a really good place to get started. Because if you go to that project, you could see what other people found in the area, you can contact them, you could see what the host plants are, you could see what to look for, you could actually go to the same place that someone already found something and, and look what it actually looks like. Or you can go to a new place that you see that is underrepresented and people didn't actually go there. But if it has interesting host plants, you might be able to add some new information. So I would suggest to go to all these different things and I'll try to include a list of some of them as a journal post, but I would ask people to please add to that because I know there's so many other people that created websites and guides and different things. And please, if you want to add that, you can add as, as a comment. That. Just to plug, I mentioned Adam Krantz earlier, and he and a partner have started this website called golfformers.org, and you can search by host plant there. It's not fully populated yet with all host plants, but they're done with oaks, and I think across much of the world, oaks are the epicenter for galls. You can start your research efforts by searching for host plants through that site as well, and then, yeah, there's so many other resources out there too. So I will include a link to that journal post as well. If you have other suggested resources, anyone listening to this has suggested resources, I, I guess it's just add a comment to the journal post, right? Yeah, please do. And that's a great resource, Gullformers. And your podcast is a great resource to get started. The previous podcast about gulls is a really great way to get started. So I highly recommend that. Even if you already know a lot, you will learn so much more. Okay, to, to wrap things up then, is there anything else you want to say about the project? I'm really excited and I'm hopeful that lots of people will join us and have fun. Goal Week is from October 2nd to October 10th, and that's when you make your observations. You can upload them later, but you should take the photos between October 2nd and October 10th. 
And I like the definition of week in this case, because it gives you a bonus couple of days over a weekend, some more chances to get out and look. Anyway, thank you, Marav, for taking the time today to tell me all about this project and taking the time to set it up. I'm really looking forward to it and best of luck to you. We live in a world where sound bites dominate and true understanding is shrinking. Nature's Archive podcast digs a little bit deeper, hoping to help the world understand nature just a little bit more. I hope that this podcast has planted a seed of interest that will grow into something special for you. I record, produce, edit, and publish a show by myself as a personal passion. If you enjoyed the show, please rate it on iTunes or your favorite podcast service, and then please turn around and share this episode with a friend or a family member that you think might like it. I'm not asking for money or donations, just a gift of sharing. Thanks for your support. You can also follow me on Instagram at Nature's Archive or Facebook, also Nature's Archive. In addition to sharing information about podcasts at those locations, I also share some of my photography and some short explanations of what I'm seeing. Lastly, if you have any suggestions for guests or topics for me to cover, please email me at naturesarchivepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. And one last word, I want to make sure to give credit to the music that you hear in the podcast. The opening song is called Fearless First by Kevin McLeod, and the closing song is called Beauty Flow, also by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at incompetech.filmmusic.io.